coming up. Check it out. A podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. This is the Check It Out podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. Today is August 6, 2012. I am Troy Swanson, the Library Department Chair, and I am here today with uh, faculty member in history, Josh Fulton. Hi, Josh. Hi, Troy. How you doing? Good. So we are going to do a quick podcast here to talk about our upcoming One Book, One College program about Tony Horowitz's book, Confederates in the Attic, Dispatches from the Unfinished Civil War. Uh, Josh has been uh, working with the library through uh, liberal arts to uh, plan this fall's events, and uh, we want to help spread the word about the book. So, you know, maybe we could start, Josh, by uh, talking a little bit about the book and uh, where the idea for this book as the one book came from. Certainly. Um, Right now, our nation, of course, is in the midst of the uh, 150th anniversary of the beginning of the Civil War. Uh, And so we would be, uh, I think, remiss uh, as uh, educators if we did not, um, you know, continue a part of that discussion. Uh, And uh, having encountered the book uh, a few years ago when I was in school myself, uh, it seemed like uh, a a wonderful work that brought up a number of themes uh, that, again, could continue that discussion. Uh, so the idea that there are people today, uh, north, south, east, and west, again, across the country, uh, that still struggle with uh, some of the same uh, themes and issues that were brought up uh, as a result of the war. Uh, but even so, they do so today. Uh, right. That's probably why. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about some of the themes in a second. But before we get too far along, I want to just cover... Um, how this fall is going to look as far as events, because there's one in particular really great opportunity and special event with this book, which is uh, happening on September 11th, and that is... Tony Horowitz, the author of the book, uh, will be coming to give a presentation. Um, which is a really special oh, yes. uh, you know, opportunity um, with our one books. We've done this a couple times, but um, it's, sometimes it's tough to get the authors to come and speak, and so we're able to work it out, mostly to your legwork. So thank you oh, for certainly. making that happen. Certainly. Um, so uh, Horowitz will be coming on September 11th at 11 a.m. Correct. He'll be speaking in the, the M building, which is the Moraine Business and Conference Center. Correct. So not in the library, even though we're <laughs> helping to organize it, um, because we think we're going to get a big crowd, so we don't want to overwhelm our library. So we're going to be in the M building but it's free and open to the public. Right. The goal of this is not just to have a a discussion among students and in in different classrooms, but the entire Moraine community and the wider public area here, so as many people as we can get to come out would be a wonderful thing to to continue these discussions. Right. Absolutely, which will be great. And I know that in the community there's there's many Civil War buffs. Um, Right. Horowitz will be talking about Confederates in the Attic, but he has a new book, What's his new book called? His new book is called Midnight Rising. It uh, addresses uh, John Brown's raid, uh, which right. occurred in 1859. And it was a precursor to the Civil War. That's correct. Yeah, right. It was one of the, one of the key uh, events uh, that really sort of leads uh, many, many different southern states right. to secede from the Union. Great. And so we know Mr. Horowitz will be talking about both of those books. And correct. so all those history buffs out in the community will definitely want to come. Um, while we're talking about the events, there's a few other events, and all of this information is available off of the library's website if, um, if 
people are interested. But, right. uh, you know, one of the, the themes of this book is that it's the unfinished Civil War, and there are many uh, topics that have been going on throughout our country's history that we're still living through today. Right. And so we're going to have a panel discussion um, that is about the 2012 election and right. how that connects. So that's going to be a panel of faculty members. That's uh, Wednesday, October 3rd. We are going to have our history faculty That's right. talk about Confederates in the attic and the Civil War in general. So this, for all those history people out there, this will be the key <laughs> history Civil War discussion, right? That's right. That's right. So if you want your, uh, you know, talk about uh, battles or even folks uh, and the home front, you know, we'll certainly get into that. Yeah, so. excellent. Good. And that's um, October 11th at 11 a.m. And then finally, one last event that we're going to have this fall is going to be about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and this isn't a direct discussion of the book, but it's a related theme about the soldier's life and soldiers after the war, and we're going to have our psychology department and our counseling department um, be in the library for a panel discussion on that. So that's a, a more current uh, discussion to have. But it's a, it's a current discussion that does, I think, have some historical themes to it, certainly. You know, Absolutely. you have hundreds of thousands of soldiers serving in the Civil War, uh, you know, this sort of overwhelming conflict, both, you know, physically, you know, emotionally, uh, from an individual and community perspective. And so, you know, the idea that that could be something that has this longer uh, tone to it or lens to it is, is really something to investigate. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Great. Um, and then in the spring, we don't have our spring events set, but just keep an eye out. We will have a series of events starting January, February, March, and into April um, around this book. So Correct. it should be great. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. I'm curious, you as, as our one of our history faculty, certainly this idea of the unfinished Civil War and, mm -hmm. and what Horowitz means by that, mm -hmm. and, and then how do you read that in terms of uh, being a historian? Certainly. Well, um, the Civil War ends, of course, in uh, 1865, uh, and for many individuals, you know, the uh, the surrender of uh, General Lee's army at Appomattox usually is an indicator of that. And then you have, sadly, the assassination of President Lincoln, of course, uh, and the beginnings of, uh, of the post-war era and Reconstruction. But that Reconstruction, I think, for uh, many individuals now looking back, uh, was something that was not um, fully completed. Uh, you had terrible political conflict. Uh, in the North uh, on the part of radical members of the Republican Party, uh, folks from other aspects of the Republican Party, from the Democratic Party, uh, and you had this Southern white uh, really strong opposition to uh, the occupation on the part of Northern troops, right. uh, and you had freedmen and women who were caught in the middle. And so what they what a lot of the textbooks and other things talk about with uh, the uh, you know reconstruction period is that uh, while the the North may have won the war uh, they may really have struggled to win the peace uh, and right. that that's um, you know something that that certainly uh, you know is a, is a good topic for for discussion I mean one of the the comparisons to be made is uh, a lot of the different laws that were put forth during the reconstruction era the same themes that were put forth there about uh, you know equality for all and those types of themes again right. are brought up a hundred years later during the civil rights movement. You know, so if right. you know you sort of have the Reconstruction turning out one way, do you have a civil rights movement that turns out in a similar way? So the civil um, rights movement of the 1960s. That is so a hundred years after the Civil War. That is correct. We're still fighting those themes, and That's even today, there's still the discussions on. 
that race and access to voting, access oh, to economic mobility. Certainly, those yeah. those who follow the news closely, you know, perhaps in the last few weeks and months, have seen uh, some of the different articles about uh, upholding of the Voting Rights Act and things like that from the mid 1960s. Right. Uh, and that question of whether or not the federal government should be involved, yeah. well, that has a yeah, very long and, tone to it. And now. so, a lot of this book, you know, uh, you know, Horowitz is not a historian, right? right? He's a journalist. Yeah. Journalist. So it's it's interesting. It's almost as if he's writing um, as a correspondent, touring the South. Each chapter mm-hmm. is a different state, mm-hmm. and he's interviewing Southerners of all different kinds of Southerners, right. and ages, races, um, saying, "Here's what I'm seeing at, from the journalistic approach." And, and so, how do you approach that as a historian, knowing that he's a journalist, especially like in classes and and when you think about how he's how he's doing with the history well i mean i I, I think for for any historian or any person who is uh, writing a work that involves history it's the question of you know the manner of of sources that they're they're bringing in what are the mm-hmm. types of things uh, uh, that the individual is arguing in their narrative uh, are they arguing this in a, in a fairly objective manner right. uh, and you know what types of sources are they bringing in to uh, to make their argument mm-hmm. uh, and you know he really is sort of giving you might say sort of dispatches from a uh, a memorial culture, you know, really. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think does a, a fairly good job of that. Right. And and that, that memory right. is a, a big part of this book, right? And how we remember what we choose to remember, what we choose to forget. I think what, what he really had sort of in the work clamped onto is is the fact that for, for many individuals in the South regardless of, of race or uh, of, of gender or of class level, uh, that there are aspects of, of the conflict that are a central part of their, their personal identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that who they are is partly defined as a reflection of this conflict uh, and of what's happened since the conflict. Uh, and you know that's yeah so sort of what they're still grappling right. with. Right. You know, I, uh, as a, a, a northerner, right. of course, and, and of course where, where our school's located and how we approach this is definitely, I think, probably going to have a northern flavor to it. And I don't know if we can escape that. Right. Uh, you know, my study of history, you don't think about. I think, especially from my high school, mm-hmm. you know, the elementary school days, even, you don't think about the northern occupation of the South. Right. But if you're a southerner, you don't forget the northern occupation in right. a lot of ways. Is that would you would you agree with that? I would say that's that's absolutely true. I mean, I was I was born and raised in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln and uh, all of the different uh, historical sites were were things in, in the state were things that uh, I was taken to from a very young age, uh, right. and so it was perhaps a, a foregone conclusion. Well, of course, slavery's bad. Well, of course, the North was right. Well, of course, everything was. Right. And I think most people can admit that well, slavery was not a good thing. Uh, but that idea of how this affected one's understanding of the role of government in daily life, how this one, this sort of, uh, impacts their memory of historical affairs are two very different things. Right. Uh, and it is important, I think, to, to realize that, to respect that, certainly, yes. uh, and uh, to facilitate discussions on that. Well, and I, and I think for some of us, for me in particular, my reading of this book, that there's parts like the parts where 
he uh, interviews Southerners who go to great lengths to, to trace their ancestry to specific battles, relatives who died at certain places, to, to honor and cherish that memory is a really different kind of American experience than you would have had than I had as a northerner right right I, mean, I think I think it says a lot and that we don't we don't see that in popular media as much we don't hear that discussed very much beauty pageants that are tied to this southern heritage those kind of things that I found a little surprising even and this isn't that long ago that this book was written well I mean I, I think a lot of this relates to the the ongoing debate as to why the war happened in the first place and right. you know whether or not this was a war over slavery whether or not this was a war over uh, states rights of course right. that, that major states rights is this a right. constitutional war right, right. Is this what a, did our constitution mean right is this the real this sort of second American revolution you know right. as, as yeah. defined by many many in the south and you know you sort of see that strong defense because yes we do in this country say that it's a wonderful thing to remember our heritage no matter who we are and that's a wonderful thing to remember the service uh, uh, to our country of uh, our ancestors right. uh, but for those individuals or some of them who you, you mentioned and as he mentions in the book uh, you know they're trying to draw a great deal of personal pride from individuals who fought you know against the government of the United States, and so, right. you know, it's sort of, <laughs> right. you know, and that, that it is honorable uh, for them in their minds to do that, and they fought right. for a, a Confederate government uh, that did uphold uh, slavery. So right. it is, uh, uh, you know, on one side you want to say, you know, we should certainly honor their service, but on the other side we should say, uh, what is it that they were honoring by serving? Right. Uh, you know, so we need to sort of keep, I think, all those things in mind. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and as we approach this coming academic year, starting in the fall of 2012, certainly, and then 2013 approaches, we get to the 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. Correct. Right? And and next summer you'll be at the 150th anniversary of Gettysburg, Vicksburg, the real turning points of the war. So, um, really significant achievements and 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 even you know pain of our country and and the, with the Emancipation Proclamation this document that was so symbolically mm -hmm. ahead of its time many mm -hmm. people didn't necessarily agree that the slaves should be free I mean Lincoln even ran and said that he wasn't anti-slavery when he ran for president mm -hmm. and then here's this president who through this war makes this proclamation and this change and brings the rest of the country with there's I, I, I think for many individuals now um, somewhat of a misconception over what about the war itself. There's an assumption that, well, obviously we know now that Lincoln issues the Emancipation Proclamation. Obviously we know how, how as you state, how radical of a document it was uh, and how important it was certainly for uh, our history and for those involved. Right. Uh, but does that necessarily mean then that for all the uh, soldiers who fought in the Northern Army, who fought in the Union Army, that they were lockstep behind every aspect of what that meant. Right. Uh, were they lockstep behind uh, the idea that anyone, regardless of race or gender, should be their equal no matter what, right. civilly? Yeah. And the answer to that pretty much is no. Uh, and that's the interesting thing about this war. Well, and, and I think the interesting thing about this book is even yeah. if you talk about that time, you talk about the Northern Army, would they have agreed with the Emancipation Proclamation? Mm -hmm. Even today, when we celebrate our country and we hold up our patriotic symbols and we, we wave our flag and we talk about the value of our Constitution, which is an amazing document, Certainly. do we hold up the Emancipation Proclamation in the same light as the Declaration of Independence, as the, the Constitution? 
and I, I mean, I have to say, I think in general we do not. I mean, we mm. we do not wave that document around the way we wave around other documents. And I think Horowitz, some of what he's after in here is maybe a question of why. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's a complicated question that we probably don't have time to answer in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I I don't know. I I think that that the um, the U.S. government has done a fairly good job in recent years of trying to put a lot of documents uh, online uh, for people to really get in touch with. Uh, I believe one of the websites is rdocuments.gov that does a a really great job from the National Archives Archives uh, and through the Library of Congress of really trying to highlight some of the important documents. Um, But no, I I would agree that it's probably more the Gettysburg Address, right, from the Civil is, War, from yeah. the Civil War, yeah, that's true. That is that is held up as a document much more so yeah. uh, than the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, right. if we really wanted to look at at, at important documents that that meant a great deal not only to the freedmen and women at that time in the 1860s and the 1870s, uh, but have meant of great importance for us for all time. Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation certainly would be one of those, uh, but the the 13th Amendment, which fully mm. enshrines right. that, right. Uh, and then fully even more so, you might say, the 14th Amendment, mm-hmm. uh, which addresses things such as uh, you know due process of law and you know right. equal protection of law right. uh, and the issues of who is and who is not a citizen, uh, which is certainly something that we have seen in and, the news. Recently. And what does it mean to be a citizen? What, is, yeah. what can we limit your rights as far as, as like the voting? Like why do we need a Voting Rights Act? Correct. And, yeah. Right. And how Correct. we in, have inter- over time interpreted as a nation and as the, the Supreme Court uh, the Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, so has gone uh, our understanding of some of these themes. Certainly during the Reconstruction era, the, the changing nature of our uh, social interpretation of that, and, and again, Supreme Court interpretation of that, but also, again, that's, a, that's an amendment that is, up, is held up in the 1950s and 60s when it comes to many of the cases, again, relating to the Civil Rights Movement. Right. Right. So. Great. Well, good. Well, I want to thank you uh, for coming in today and talking with me. And everyone, thank you, everyone um, out there. I want to encourage you to uh, visit our library website to take a look at our schedule of events. These are big topics, and we're going to spend a year diving into these in various aspects. So keep an eye out for our upcoming events. Again, they're all free and um, open to the public. And we especially want to remind everyone that um, author Tony Horowitz will be on campus to talk about uh, Confederates in the Attic, our one book, and that's going to be September 11th at 11 a.m. So until then, um, we, will, we will be online and in our library. Come and see us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Library podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.